Hello, everyone. As we all know, I'd like to start off my podcast episodes by asking how everyone has been doing. So, how have you all been doing? How have you really been doing? Good? Not so good? Great? Either of the above options is okay to have as your answer, but as always, I must remind you that whatever you are feeling is 100% valid and you should always allow yourself to feel what needs to be felt. Today, we have a very special... (laughs) I can't take him anywhere. I'm trying to introduce you and you're having a solo song. I'm singing my song. I I just wrote it. Are you you done? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, today we have a very special guest with us. We have a really good friend of mine, one of which I consider to be my brother. So, Mr. K. Billy, if you would like to introduce yourself. How y'all doing? I'm in a podcast today, finally. It's been a long time coming, so I'm honored to be here. Nice. So, to you guys, he is Kyle Villaverde, K. Billy, Jazzle, and all his other names, but... To me, he is jazzy. That is an important note to make, jazzy. (laughs) So before we officially get started, I just want to lay down some ground rules. Mm. (laughs) Are you ready? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) First, I want you to know that this is a safe space. Therefore, you can feel free to share whatever and how much ever your heart desires. Furthermore, if there is ever a topic that comes up or a question that I ask that makes you uncomfortable, I want you to tell me. We don't have to discuss anything that makes you too uncomfortable or that you are not ready or willing to share with me and or our listeners. Second, I want you to be able to share as much as you want in whatever ways you need to in order to get your point across in the best ways that you can. However, this is a family-friendly podcast that I want to be available to people of all ages, so I ask that we keep cursing or any other inappropriate language to a minimum, if not zero. Although, I know that may be hard for certain topics that may be covered in certain episodes, so I will post a warning along with the episode for my wholesome audience members that could be potentially offended if that were to happen. Third, which is a rule for not only my guests, but for my listeners as well, I want to give a reminder that not everyone will have the same opinions on certain topics. Open-mindedness is key. We are all allowed to have differing opinions, and in No-No's world, that's okay. We speak our piece, we agree to disagree, we move on, and that's that. We don't invalidate the experiences, thoughts, ideas, perspectives, or outlooks of others just because they differ from our own. In No-No's world, we are breaking the traditional routine of being afraid of what we don't understand. In addition, however, we will not tolerate hate. That can be a part of your perspective and your viewpoint, but that is the only time where we will not accept where you are coming from. Spewing any kind of hate is completely and utterly unacceptable in Nono's world. Our goal is to spread as much love and light as possible in a world that is already filled with so much animosity and darkness. Fourth and final, I want you to get something out of being a part of this episode with me. Whether it be fun, a good time, a chance to relax and kick it, an opportunity to get some things off your chest, healing, etc. Whatever it is that you need to get out of this episode, I want you to get it. So, I never told you you were a good writer. <laughs> you a good writer. So, with all that being said, are you ready to get started? Ready as I ever be. 
<laughs> okay, so to kick things off, I want you to tell the people a little bit about yourself and your background. Tell us what your experience was like being an immigrant from the Philippines to the United States. Woo! That is a very important question. But, um, well, I'm from the Philippines. Obviously, if you guys didn't know, I was born and raised. Um, dang, where do I even go from there? That's all I know. That's it. Bye, y'all. No, I'll play. <laughs> I'll play. Um, I've been in the U.S. for almost eight years now. Uh, it was a little tough because I was, well, my mom and I were away from my dad for like four years. So adapting to that was kind of hard. And, you know, having to still continue school. And then after that, making all my friends and then having to leave them later on was kind of like, you know, and I'm sad. I'm really sad now. But, you know, it's just, that's how it is. Yeah. That's how you grow up. You got to move. You know what I'm saying? That's why I had to move out of my crib because I wouldn't have grown up. <laughs> I wouldn't have grown up if I didn't. But, you know, coming to the U.S., whew, really tough. Really, really tough. Um, first couple months, I was, I just felt like I didn't belong, you know? Not that I'm trying to be like, you know, all sad and stuff, but it was just genuinely, I felt like I didn't belong. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I'm a, I'm a type of person that I like to make friends. I'm really, really outgoing. But I couldn't be that because of the fact that I didn't know how to. I had a really thick accent. Like, I don't know if you guys can still tell. Sometimes I still, you know, my accent be coming back. My, you know what I'm saying? But I had to like assimilate a lot of stuff. You know, my culture rather. That was something that I wasn't really proud of, but felt like it was a necessity at the time just to be able to fit in and, you know, having to learn the American. It was a little rough, but yeah, nonetheless, it was fun. Now I'm in college, which is crazy. And then now I'm in this episode, <laughs> which is even crazier. Now I'm in no nose world. No nose world. <laughs> so, why did your family decide to make the move from the Philippines to the US in the first place? Mm. So, I guess it wasn't really our choice mm -hmm. to begin with. Um, the first one that moved here was my grandma. And at the time, she didn't even have a green card or nothing, so it was like just her kind of winging it. And it took like I think about ten years for them to get my dad. And I don't know, I just, we always thought we were gonna live here since half of my family they all live in Vegas, Tahoe, and all these other big cities. And she, he was just like, "Well, you can have a better life here." I'm like, "Well, I don't want to leave my friends." He's like, "Well, you have better friends here." I'm like, "Cap." <laughs> <laughs> Big cap, dad. He was right. I mean, not that, you know, I had better friends. It was just like, obviously, you're, you're going to adapt to the place you're going to go to, regardless of what you do. Right. And not only are you going to adapt, you're going to grow and be better. And that's what happened. Not only did I grow as a person and I was able to do what I wanted to do or needed to do, now I'm able to pursue my dream and, you know, the things I'm really passionate about, which... No, living the American dream, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. That is so funny because you saying that uh -huh. just segued us into our next question. So, hey, what? I didn't, she didn't even let me read this. I ain't gonna lie to you. She did not no, let me read I this. don't let anyone know what my podcast is gonna be about before it's uploaded. Not even my guests. My guests find out as we go along. She is very strict. All of this, my answers are all coming from the heart right now. This is 
a lot of pressure. Well, that's how we want it to be. Don't be pressured. But, <laughs> but the next question is, was coming to America everything you and your family had hoped it would be? Did you find that you all were able to thrive in the American dream and in other ways that you weren't able to in the Philippines? Wait, repeat that. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> um, yes and no. Yes, for the fact that we are living a better life than we were before. I mean, obviously there's gonna be conflict, there's gonna be stress and struggles with anything in life. But there's a better life in general than we had in the Philippines, yes. I'm not saying I don't wanna go back to the Philippines anymore or I hate it, because hate is a big word. Right. That's, that's my home, man. That's, I grew up there, you know? And I still miss it every now and then, obviously, but it's just like, I'm used to it here now. So I don't think I'm able to live there anymore. Mm -hmm. But no, because of the fact that a lot of things change, good and bad. And obviously I'd rather talk about the good stuff more than the bad stuff. So we're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you survive as an immigrant in an entirely new country? What was hard? What was easy? Um, you already answered this last part of the question, mm -hmm. but um, you said that there were times where you wished that you had stayed yeah. in the Philippines. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think it was just the school I went to. Like, they were really like, I don't know, they accepted all of us that were immigrants with open hands and they were really like helpful and very, very understanding. Till this day, I will never forget them. Till the day I die, I promise you. And every single one of y'all will be receiving a car from me once I'm successful. <laughs> I don't know, no promises yet, no promises yet. But um, yeah, it was just the people that helped me, you know, adapt to the new environment that I was put in. And you know, I couldn't really thank them enough, yeah. even after I graduated and visited, because like COVID, I couldn't visit as much. And you know, one of my teachers, I literally ran, because he was hiding from me. So I right. ran across the, the hallway, gave him a hug. He's like, COVID, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have passed high school. Right. So, yeah, the people who were very welcoming. Okay, I'm yeah. glad you were able to have people to yeah. help you with your assessment. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how old were you when you left the Philippines? Um, 11, I think. Okay. 10 or 11, something like that. Well... 11, yeah, because I was turning 12 that year, so. All right, so overall, would you say that things have been better in America than they were in the Philippines? Or would you say it's really a circumstantial kind of thing where it's like, you guys are here, so. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how you look at it. Obviously, I would assume or like prefer to like look at it in a positive way, but right. negative ways, I think a lot of you guys already kind of know. <laughs> The answer to that, so <laughs> I don't want to get too political. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of political. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always <laughs> going into the next topic. We're going to get a little controversial okay. here. <laughs> Let's go ahead. So go. have you ever heard people talk about the idea or the notion that it is easier for immigrants to achieve the American dream than it is for natural born citizens? I have heard that. You yes. have? All right. So, I mean, if you hadn't, obviously you have yeah. now. But what do you have to say about that idea? Do you think that it is easier for immigrants to achieve the American dream? Or do you think that that's a false ideology altogether? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no. Um, I say that because 
as an immigrant, not even me, I don't even think I can claim that. But for my parents, especially for my dad and the ones before him, they have to work really hard. Right. You know, it's it's hard to, even if you had, had a degree, a PhD, coming mm -hmm. from a whole different country into the U.S., who's one of the most strict countries in the world when it gets to letting people in, it's tough to go from there because not only will you have to start from the bottom, you have to make a name for yourself. Right. And it doesn't have to be a really big name, but just being noticed by a company is tough if yeah. you're an immigrant, you know? And a lot of people that are saying, especially the ones who are naturally born here, mm -hmm. they'd be like, oh, they're stealing our jobs, this and that, which I'm pretty sure you've heard before. I don't think that's the case. I think the case is that you just want everything to be handed to you. That's just not gonna work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this country is built by immigrants, right? So it would have been the country it is today if it wasn't for that. That's true. Right? So Stolen and coming here themselves. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like Hamilton the musical, love it. <laughs> Story-wise, you're not telling the whole story. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I think it's just a lot of the people who are saying that just don't put in enough work. They don't have the work ethic that a typical immigrant would have. No? Yeah. So, yeah okay. That's my take on that. <laughs> <laughs> so to play devil's advocate okay. for a second here, okay. if someone were to present you with facts and statistics that supported the idea that it is easier for immigrants to achieve the American dream, why would you say that is? So like if I was like, Kyle, if you answer this question and you give me a guess, I'll give you a thousand dollars right now. Like, why would you say that immigrants are at an advantage that natural-born U.S. citizens are not? Resume. You think you guys have more to offer? Because, like, before we even get to this country, we're already putting, I don't know, ridiculous amount of work, right? On top of more work that we're doing just to work our way up to where we're trying to be. Okay. Sound a little cliche, but you know, it's facts coming from me. Nah? I speak for all immigrants. I got you. We're, we're going to call you the immigrant whisperer. Oh my gosh. So, so just as a disclaimer, there have been studies mm -hmm. done on this topic. I know. I did my and, research. I did my research. And in 2019, I believe, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. um, CBS News posted an article talking about new research that had been conducted by economists from Princeton, Stanford, and the University of California, Davis, that said, and I quote, Children of immigrants achieve higher economic mobility than their U.S.-born peers because immigrant children are an economic resource, which sounds to me like you all do have an advantage that U.S.-born citizens do not. However, the study did not say that it was easier. The study um, that was done in the article did not say that it was easier for the children of immigrants to achieve success. They just said that it's normally more substantial when it is achieved. Um, which can be still be debatable when right. spoken with, you know, spoken about with the right people. So I think on top of that too, like some natural born citizens who are struggling when it gets to looking for jobs or mm -hmm. just, you know, finding success. I think I wouldn't say because you know I believe in karma and all that or whatever. But like mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say it's all of that. But I feel like 
whatever they did prior to where they're at now is affecting them really bad and they're just looking for something or someone to blame. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying that's for everyone, but right. you know, some people. Okay. <laughs> you know. So moving along, letting Kyle get out of the hot seat. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm sorry right now. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, do you think that you personally have achieved the American dream? Why or why not? Not yet. Not yet. I've lived some of it, but I have not achieved it because I think sure the American dream has been proven to be true. Mm-hmm. But in a way I yeah, I'm talking about it all like, you know, proud and acting like I have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. I kind of do. But at the same time, I really don't believe in the American dream. I don't. Because you can go to any country and have the life you will have if you work for it. If you, you know, really put in what you want to do mm-hmm. and stuff, you know. I'm trying to think of the words to say to make this sound better. <laughs> but I think it's just... The dedication and the tenacity you need right. to, you know, blossom in wherever you're at. Right. So I could live in London, and right. I feel like with, you know, my experience and stuff that mm-hmm. I've had and the mindset I have, I will still be where I'm at. Right. Just in a different place. So right. technically not where. I'm at. <laughs> so do you think that the American dream is about the people that are trying to achieve that dream, not America? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, So I think that an important aspect of your life to consider when on the topic of immigrant privilege Mm -hmm. and all the other stuff we mentioned before is that it's not always true, which you touched on. Um, I feel like U.S. born Americans have a really bad habit of categorizing and assuming that that is true for all immigrants when it's obviously not. Um, For example, you help your parents pay their mortgage. And you work a job to help support them and put yourself through college. That doesn't sound very, very privileged to me, right? So tell us about that. Tell us what it's like. <laughs> tell us is, what it's like look, having those sorts of responsibilities at this young age. She added this like ten minutes ago. And we did were not. in the car ride. And did not. This was here the whole time. Okay. Okay. I added some other stuff though. Um, not this. I know when people look at me, the way I dress, the way I carry myself, and you know, they probably look at me like, oh, this kid's probably rich, mm-hmm. you know, he gets everything handed to him, mm-hmm. he's privileged, he has more privileges than any anyone else, and I'm like, nah, that's the thing, you're looking at me right here, how right. I'm projecting myself, right. but you're not really getting to know me deeper than what it's supposed to be, because like, like she said, I had to help my parents pay mortgage, which is not easy to do especially if you're a student athlete plus a dance captain of a theater production plus still playing soccer on the weekends working every day having like three hours of sleep and who was a scholar first of all you know what i'm saying like it's really tough and i don't even know how i did that because i was all senior year of high school junior year senior year and then now i'm like i get seven eight hours of sleep and i'm like dude I need more sleep <laughs> and you know back then I I would get three four at most a night and you know it was just I think an advantage that a lot of immigrants would have is that the fact that a family would stay united they would stay yeah. together when it gets through anything so if 
my parents needed help and I knew I was capable of helping them, go ahead, drop everything else that is irrelevant and focus on that. You know what right. I'm saying? Because yeah. if it was vice versa, I mean, any parent would help their kids. Right. Unless they don't care about them, which I hope that wasn't the case. <laughs> That's your kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's whew, that was really a tough time. And on top of that, uh, you know, losing people. Yeah. That that's tough. So I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy at all. But definitely glad things like that happened because it helped me just kind of, I guess, change the way I'm handling stuff, yeah. which is better when you're a college student because <laughs> you gotta be able to handle stuff. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, college will break you. And <laughs> it will bend you all types of ways, but you just gotta, huh. <laughs> you gotta, you know gotta shake it off, you gotta <laughs> shake, it shake it off, shake it off and keep on moving, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what advice do you have for other young immigrants who are going through the process of adapting to a new country? I'm like thinking of what advice. If it, if it helps give. you think about the question better, like you could think about what you wish someone would have told you. So like some advice that you wish you could have gotten before you came to a new country. If that helps shape your thinking. Definitely build your credit early. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. You need that. That is a necessity. I don't know why, but it is. Um, I think. Capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> you said capism? Cap. No, but. Yeah. <laughs> um. I guess like, cause like for us, it's easy for us to network, Yeah. right? But prior to me getting to high school and being able to get involved with a lot of things like theater, sports, leadership and all that stuff, I think if someone would have told me network yourself and explain to me what network networking meant, then I feel like I would have had more scholarships, more opportunities. I, I probably would be in New York right now. You, you never know. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, not saying that I'm not grateful for what I have right now because I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> but if someone would have told me that, it would definitely be easier, I guess. So my advice would be to network yourself. Learn how to be outgoing. Even if you're really shy, try to, you know, just try to put yourself out there. Step outside the comfort zone. Because you're not going to improve. You're not going to get better if you don't do that. And it's better now than late. Because what if you're 25 and you're just not doing it? You're not in school no more. You can't go back to college because of financial issues. You know what I'm saying? You might as well do it now when you still have the opportunity, especially before high school, because that's when you have all these financial, you know, aids that can give to you from the school. And it'll give you more opportunities. So... Yeah. Network yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, what oh, advice? Lisa will be proud of me. <laughs> Lisa will be proud of me right Lisa, now. Lisa is our TRIO advisor for people who don't know. That's actually how we met. Um, TRIO is an organization on our campus um, that gives scholarships to 
first generation underprivileged students and not only are we in trio we are in the lead fig so we get the scholarship opportunities we get the financial help and we take classes and things like that to develop our leadership skills so we're not only getting resource we are now in a position where we're becoming a resource for other people yeah. as well just to give you guys some background and, <laughs> and lisa dr she's she is our she is our um like advisor assistant coordinator director. like what assistant director assistant director yeah. she's the See. assistant director of trio and she has been one of the biggest helps for us yeah. her cat and you know all the other resources yeah. that we are given through trio so See. shout out so Lisa, Lisa, I'm going to send her I'm going to send her this podcast yeah. so see, she can hear it. As POCs, we are not very <laughs> privileged, but the fact that we are in trio now, we have yeah. more privileges yeah. than we have before. We definitely have more resources. And that's how we got close cuz yeah. um, I got into the class, I was late. I'm I'm always late. <laughs> I'm always late. But I got into the classroom, I was like sitting there, everyone had their seat. I was like, dude, where do I go? <laughs> I'm looking at the book. She's like, your book should be on the side looking on the side <laughs> it said natalie i didn't realize it was the author's name <laughs> and then she she was like bestie it's right here on the i was like oh no because i was like seat. i was like your seat should have your name on it and there's only two spots left like right in the front so he got lucky so he didn't have to search and he sits down on the opposite end of the table from where he was supposed to go and i was like hey you're not maya are yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's 2021. And, you know, but if your name's not, I'm just saying Maya's Mia. If your name's yeah. not Mia, then I don't think that's where you're supposed to go. And that's how we. Are. She is very beautiful. Sorry, I just had to put that out there. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, she had the biggest crush on me. I did. I did. Long. And she knows. But I found out she had a boyfriend, so I was like, I gotta respect. You know. <laughs> Moving along <laughs> from, from this tangent. <laughs> I apologize for the convenience. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for other young people in general who find themselves in a situation where they are working to support themselves and their families the way that you were and are? Um, number one would be to make sure whatever you're doing, not only are you doing it for yourself, definitely do it for the people who got you there in the first place. So hopefully your parents or whoever your guardians are. Um, Cause you know, they put in a lot of work, blood and sweat for you, for you to just be able to get to where you are. And on top of that, second, do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. Cause if you're doing something, you're pursuing something that you're just doing for the money, that's never going to work ever. Cause you can make $2 million a year. Sure. You're like, oh, that's money. That's going to make me happy. Now, if you sit in the office, you're just sitting there really bored. You don't know what you're doing. You're making that much amount of money it's not gonna be anything now if you're doing something that you're passionate about the money will just flood in mm -hmm. all the other good stuff will flood in and it's not because you're doing it for that you're doing it for yourself right, right? you know because you're so in love with what you're doing right and you're so in love with the fact that you're trying to get back to the people who provided for you mm -hmm. so the goal is to find a job that doesn't feel like a job you know you would hate to i mean even because there are people that have jobs that they don't like where you make a lot of money but you would hate to be miserable you know 
if you, you know if your job is something that you like to do you never gonna work right. in your life right how many people do we know that love their jobs and don't even retire or retire when they're well into their elderly age that's the goal the goal is to get paid for doing what you love you know, so it doesn't even feel like a job. The goal is to retire at 45. <laughs> <laughs> goal like, is to retire at 30. I'm you know? 19 and I feel like I'm 65 years old. My back be hurting. Like... <laughs> my back hurt right now. <laughs> Scoliosis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wait. Woo. Man. <laughs> Why are you like this? Anyways, finally, what would you like to say to our listeners before we sign off? Nothing. I'm just no. playing. I'm just playing. I'm playing. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Um, I would. I guess I would love to say thank you um, for supporting my sister for sure. First Aww. of all, I'm proud of her. Very, very proud. I'm so happy that I'm here right now. And what else do I want to say? Keep listening. As long as you got ears, keep listening. <laughs> That's the quote of the day. Keep listening if you got ears. No nose world in Braille coming yeah. soon. <laughs> well, like Dr. J. I need to hire we promoting, like, we promoting headsets. I need now. to hire like a sign languagist. So like while I'm speaking, they can, you know, like obviously like if you listen through Anchor, like Spotify or something like that, they can't see it. But if they see like the physical videos, then yeah yeah you know they have like people do sign language at concerts for that's that's what we're gonna have manifesting it we're rapper? gonna have who? who's that rapper where he thought the uh the lady that was doing it was doing the work signs i, I was like remember. what <laughs> i was like what <laughs> and he was over here like, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy but i would just like to say thank you so much for two. being a part of this <laughs> Is there a part two? There could be a part two, three, four, five, and anything else you would like to say. So I guess I have topics that I would like your opinion on. You have a place in those. No, I just gonna make my contract. I will for sure <laughs> be a part of this podcast starting from today. You're gonna be my co-host. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's still gonna be no nose world. No nose world featuring Jazz. Yeah, little wording though, so that they don't see it. It's wow. Featuring Jazz. Yeah, featuring Jazz. Yeah. And then just put a little um. I don't know, wonton in the back. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. It's only okay because you're Asian. <laughs> As I was saying, I would just like to thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And I hope that you enjoyed yourself as much as I did. And to our lovely listeners, as always, we love you. Normally, it's just me. But today, I have a guest. So it's double the love. The genuine, (laughs) real love. How awesome is that? Also, our friend Kyle here thinks that I should start calling you guys my Nanoans. Get it? Because we're in no-nos world, so you guys will be no-nos, <laughs> like Illinoisans, <laughs> etc. You know? Yeah. So let me know what you guys think. But so long for now, and I'll see you guys next week. Toodles! Bye. <laughs>